Welcome to His Hands, His Feet podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Camp. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage and equip you to live a life on mission. I believe that God has given each of us a mission or purpose in this life. You know, your purpose or your mission may be a lifelong mission, or it might be one that changes throughout the different seasons of your life. Personally, I draw from my own experience of mission work, nonprofit volunteerism, and as a foster and adoptive parent, as I speak and share on on these podcast episodes. But mainly, I reach out to many others through interviews and conversations to, again, help and encourage and equip each of us to live this life of mission and purpose that God calls us to. In today's podcast episode, I interview a good friend of mine. I'm going to only use his first name, Chris, because of some of the sensitive nature of the work that he does. Chris and I met a few years back when we were both on staff at different churches in the Austin area as mission pastors, and we have similar passions, and uh, I have enjoyed getting to know Chris over the years and really admire how God has gifted him and the, the the talent that Chris has uh, and his wife, Nancy, as they pour into um, young people, specifically singles and couples, as they equip them and prepare them to uh, go on the foreign mission field. So what we're going to do is we're going to get into the work that they do, and specifically Chris. We'll talk a little bit about their own personal uh, journey as as missionaries. When they were a young couple, they served... um, on the foreign mission field, so we'll touch on that a little bit. But again, mainly the the uh, uh, content of this interview is about the organization that and the work that Chris is doing, the organization he's working with, which is called Launch Global. And Launch Global uh, is a relatively new sending organization, but I really um, appreciate the model and the approach that they take. And the main reason why is because so many times, and I've seen this. Uh, firsthand, and I've heard stories over the years of uh, how we'll send a missionary or a missionary family or a couple onto the field, but we don't always do a very good job of preparing them for the work that they're going to be doing. Uh, and that includes um, not only their spiritual uh, preparation, but also how they will work with a team and the team that they're going to work with, and also just their personal um, uh, maybe financial situation or uh, maybe some personal struggles that they have, helping them to make sure that those are overcome and that they're free from those things before they're placed into a very um, difficult, challenging cultural experience. But then also training them for the work that they're going to do, whether it be a church planter or a disciple maker or whatever that mission work is that they're going to be doing. But a lot of times we will Uh, truncate that preparation Uh, we just make sure that they have the financial backing to get on the field and then we send them and and a lot of times we set them up for failure and many of these missionaries do not stay on the field very long and um, and so that's why I appreciate what Launch Global and Chris is doing as they prepare and so on Launch Global's website they talk about their passion being helping you discover God's will develop as a disciple maker, and then deploy for maximum impact. And so that's what we're going to talk about a lot, Chris and I, in this uh, podcast episode. And then stay tuned to the end. I will uh, share with you how you can uh, 
get in touch with me so that you can get information about, about Chris specifically if you want it, and then also how you can get information about Launch Global. Um, especially if you are a leader in your church, whether you're on staff as a pastor or in some other role, and you have a, um, a desire to see your church uh, really do well at preparing those who you're raising up to send to the world, then you definitely need to listen to what Chris has to say. And then also, of course, if you feel like God is calling you um, to go onto the foreign mission field, then this is some uh, organization that you may want to strongly consider uh, partnering with and working with to prepare you to uh, do some good work. So with that, will you join me in this conversation with Chris as we talk about Launch Global? Chris, it's great to uh, talk to you. It's been way too long since we've talked, uh, even though I keep up with you online and, and through newsletters, but it's good to talk to you. Yeah, so excited to be be with you today, Kenny. Uh, in my intro, you know, I tell the listeners that you know we're going to talk some about uh, the organization you're working with now, Launch Global, and but I'm also hoping that you'll weave into some of the our discussion about uh, about Launch Global, your own personal history, and, and your your and your wife uh, Nancy y'all's call to uh, working on the mission field and what you're doing now. So please do that, okay? Yeah, definitely will. So talking about Launch Global, um, how about we just start off with what the purpose of Launch Global or or how, how did Launch Global get started? Yeah, uh, this kind of collides with our personal story a little bit. Uh, my wife and I um, were kind of the classic case that Launch Global uh, exists to uh, kind of prevent. We, we moved to Kazakhstan uh, when we were young adults and really had had very little training on the front end, had never planted a church, never started a business, and yet we found mm-hmm. ourselves in Central Asia uh, expected to start a missional business and plant a church planting movement. And so Launch Global uh, is just very attractive to us. It, it exists to, to really train young adults uh, in the context of the local church, um, in the cities where they live while they work or attend school, and uh, really help them learn uh, just the skills and the rhythms that they're going to need to go overseas and just excel at, at uh, catalyzing disciple-making movements or church-planting movements, and uh, just to fall in love with Jesus live in overflow with him, work through character issues that uh, will probably remove them from the field, mm-hmm. and uh, just really help them land on, on good teams uh, where they can thrive and really multiply. Yeah, I like the sound of that a lot. Um, you know, our experience of serving on the field, Daniel and I, is, is much uh, shorter than, than you guys, but just in that short period of time, I, I, I saw people who – uh, did burn out or did because of decisions they made, you know, weren't able to stay on the field. So I think this is fantastic. Um, so just kind of go through what's kind of the process that Launch Global goes through to, to help train. Yeah, there's there's kind of a three-step process. We start with uh, just really helping churches um, discover God's heart for the nations, especially for the unreached, for the places where uh, the gospel is rare or doesn't um, flow and uh, really help help churches discover that. And then as people step forward wanting to uh, learn to make disciples in their local context uh, and even go to the nations, uh, it's kind of a two-step training process to develop people. And so we uh, put people through a, 
just a 10-week disciple-making group. Uh, sometimes those are existing small groups or small groups that we create for 10 weeks and really help people experience making disciples as a team for the first time. Instead of getting together and learning and then going out and applying things alone, uh, we come together but then actually plan and go out and uh, reach lostness that's around us together and really see uh, just the church as a whole become uh, blessed with more disciple-making activity through uh, those 10-week groups. And uh, out of those, um, it's kind of a test driving uh, for people that are wanting to move to the nations. There's a nine-month um, just more intense training that we do uh, that we kind of call phase two. And that's for folks that to come into those groups, you have to say, hey, I'm planning to move to the nations long term for uh, two plus years and uh, really desire to to see um, a disciple making movement or church planning movement happen among the unreached. And when when you jump into those groups, uh, we work through uh, just a lot of character issues, um, really dive into uh, things as practical and and ugly as, as porn addictions or financial issues or unforgiveness issues. And then we work on the practical. How do we learn a language? How do we disciple? How do we engage Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists? Um, what are some of the strategies that are working in the world and case studies? And, uh, and then how do we do team together? How do we select teams that we're going to go to? And so just really walk in a, as a community, as a part of their local church, um, uh, towards the nations with them, hmm. and uh, it's just really added uh, just a, a lot of fun. And then the third step to that, so they discover God's heart for the nations, develop towards the nations, and then deployment. Uh, we do a lot of hard work to really vet the teams uh, that our goers um, go to um, and uh, really walk with them through their first year on the field uh, to make sure that that transition to the field happens well, that they're learning language and culture well, that they've got good coaching on the field, and uh, just really release them at that point um, to the teams that they're a part of. Yeah, that's a well-thought-out process, uh, it sounds like to me. I like that quite a bit. So I had a question on the first one, or Mm -hmm. more of a point of clarification. Yeah. Um, So what I'm hearing you say is that so you're here in the U.S., and, and you specifically seek out churches that want to develop this kind of process in their church. Yeah, that's right. In fact, uh, at most of the churches where Launch Global exists, you will never hear the words Launch Global. We really embed ourselves in the church, submit mm-hmm. completely to the church. And uh, like at the church where I am, uh, I am... I answer to the pastors. I'm on staff there. Even though I raise my own support, we've completely submitted ourselves to the church. We, we focus on their focus areas. Hmm. We really try to use their language, uh, their doctrinal distinctives, and really form teams into the parts of the world that they have input and really desire to focus on financially and in, in sending. Wow. Uh, well, I'm definitely learning something here. I, I mean, I've I've gotten your newsletter for a while since you've been with Launch Global and also been on your website. But, yeah, that helps me understand that more clearly. Yeah. And then um, on the third one, when you deploy, Mm -hmm. uh, so you're looking for a team to deploy someone that's ready to go on the field with, uh, I'm assuming they're within any kind of sending organization that, that you feel fits. Is that correct? Yeah, I think uh, we have some sending organizations that we love, like Pioneers, Frontiers, Crew, um, mm-hmm. 
east-west, you know, others as well. Um, right. But we really want to get down to that team leader level. Uh, every every sending organization has strong fields and, and uh, not so strong fields, and we really want to release our people to team leaders that can really model for them and coach them well. And uh, certain teams are set up well for uh, especially millennials right. who are rookies right. to come onto the field and learn language, learn culture well. And uh, sometimes uh, we'll even see some of our folks join a, a team that specializes in, in those first three years. And then we'll build entire teams out of that and send into more pioneering mm-hmm. areas of the world. Uh, but especially language and culture acquisition structures are necessary and the team leader to be a mix of both a shepherd and kind of an apostolic or visionary leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to have both of those pieces. If it's just a visionary leader, right. a lot of times they'll run people into the ground. And right. if it's just a shepherd, a lot of times they don't get anything done, even though everybody's loved really well. And so kind of yeah. having both of those pieces has been uh, been really uh, a good fit for a lot of the folks that we're preparing to send. Yeah, I like that. Uh and I've definitely have seen both of those kind of leaders, one or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, yep. I'm, uh, I'm amazed that you find ones that have both qualities. That's good. Yeah. Oftentimes that's in two different people or okay. two or three different people. So, uh, rarely does one leader possess those. That's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, um, why did you personally begin working with Launch Global? Yeah. Um, so I was at a large church in Austin and uh, was training folks to go to the nations and really um, just got to know Launch Global through their relationship at Austin Stone, the partnership. They're embedded there at Austin Stone and uh, just felt like, man, these guys are training goers and sending them into some pioneering places in a healthy way like I've never seen. Hmm. But in many ways, like I've always dreamed of sending folks, they were preparing entire teams or sending in, sending pairs of people onto existing teams and doing it in such a way that people were arriving onto the field um, just with a humble attitude, a willingness and desire to, to be learners, but yet a uh, a character and a mental toughness that had been developed in them that they could they could last for the long haul in some really tough places, and so um, we began looking uh, to make a transition from uh, our sending church there, uh, Hill Country Bible Church. I love those guys, and they've sent us out, and uh, yet. Uh, really desired to come and uh, just begin sending more folks to the nations and training. So we landed here in College Station and uh, have opened up a hub here and uh, are embedded in three churches. Uh, and to, it's our third year here, and we're training about 50 laborers to move to the nations. And uh, in a lot of ways, I've fought God. You know, I want mm-hmm. I want to be in the nations personally, um, but if I can continue to send you know, uh, 50 or, or more folks a year to the nations that are well-trained, um, man, I'll, t- I'll take that deal. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's just now is my heart getting to be at peace with that. But mm. uh, God's, God's continuing to amaze us. Yeah, I think that's probably why our hearts, uh, mine and yours, our heartbeats seem so similar. I mean, we both have that desire to be on the field, but yet God's got us right here for right now for his purpose. And so I can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, You mentioned earlier that you and Nancy served in Kazakhstan uh, years back. 
you know, what was the call or what you know led you guys down this path you think to to be missionaries yourself yeah i mean i think part of it is the the uh, the, the depraved side of my heart was um, i was cocky and i was a youth pastor at the time in kansas and thought if god could use me to to transform a small town in kansas then i need to go transform a country and uh, i arrived with um kind of my green green beret on my head and this identity that i was going to be a frontline soldier for jesus and um and then you arrive and can't even order bread and god just uh man he just humbles us and all throughout the old testament you see him taking people from their home cultures into foreign cultures and humbling them greatly before he uses them greatly and uh, we just, man, Nancy and I just ate humble pie uh, for our time in Kazakhstan. And uh, really, uh, the good side of our heart that drove us there is what still drives us. And that's to uh, just to see the gospel um, go forth to all people groups in all nations. And I had to die myself and uh, continue to die myself in order for that to be accomplished and for God to gain that glory and not seek my own glory in that. And as you said a while ago... We can also feel like we know the path that we want to be on, right? And then <laughs> God has a little bit different plan for us, and that's humbling as well. Yeah. A fun story with that. My uh, One of my best friends, he's a – I can't believe I don't live on this guy's team. He, he works in Central Asia as well. And, uh, man, if, if I could choose one place to live, I would, I would live with Tim and his team. But uh, – when I made the decision to stay here in College Station rather than move to, uh, at that time we'd have moved to South Asia, um, he sent me a picture of Michael Jordan in a White Sox uniform. <laughs> and uh, he said, Chris, uh, you know, you guys moving to India, you'd have probably been a good double-A ball player over there. Right. But, um, but welcome back to basketball. Hmm. And, uh, and I really think that was a time where God used that picture to really give me peace about kind of being – uh, a little more selfless, a little more about his glory than my own adventure, mm-hmm. and uh, really seeing folks move move to the nations and continuing to equip and deploy rather than to move myself. Right. Chris, I just want to affirm that because just the little bit that I've uh, interacted with you over the years, um, I, I see that. I see that gift in you and, and see how, and, you know, we have a mutual friend that's on the field, you know, family, and, and seeing how those guys you know they were equipped by you and and seeing how they are thriving in the midst of some very challenging circumstances um is affirming of that gift so that you have that god has put in you so thank you well i wish i wasn't as hard-headed but i appreciate the affirmation (laughs) do you have off top of your head a story or i think my favorite uh just most encouraging stories you know it's it's um when I look back, it's it's the the men who come to us with very clearly a, a desire from God to move to the nations, but um, uh, just it's very clear that they're not ready to go. Um, maybe they're uh, addicted to porn or or have other character issues, and just walking with them for a couple years and really seeing them start to make disciples and watching how. They obey their way um, to purity and, and really fall in love with Jesus. And just seeing some of those men now um, thrive in the nations uh, has just been a blast. I think, you know, when I get a call from one of those young guys, uh, whether it's in Japan or, or 
Turkey, the Middle East somewhere, you know, and they've seen uh, the first group of believers come into existence in that mm. people group or or in their network. Uh, man, I could I could live on that mm-hmm. even more than if I were on the field. And then when they call back a second time and say, "Hey, my disciples have now started making disciples," or or I've started seeing third and fourth generation churches or disciples, uh, man, I just uh, you know pour uh, pour a glass of, of root beer and toast my <laughs> wife and. Uh, that that's those are the good good moments mm-hmm. uh, right there to know that we're all you know so incomplete so right. imperfect and yep. and just how God uses uh, just normal people to do extraordinary things in some really hard places is is beautiful. Yeah, I have two terms that come to my mind as I'm listening to that. Is one is that He does use broken vessels, and, mm-hmm. and the other is it's, it's part of the redemption story. I mean, He He redeems us for His glory and His purpose, and that that really is cool. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, I wanted to. Um, give you the opportunity to share with my listeners you know what are the challenges that you face and what you're doing and then, and then also uh, and that can lead into or dovetail with what are some ways that people can um, support both you and or uh, the organization uh, that you're working with yeah let me tackle that first one i i think for my family and and just um just our work if your listeners could just uh, just pray um, as we deploy these folks into some really hard situations. We're predominantly deploying into places that are kind of on the the uh, in the unreached areas of the world, and really just released uh, somebody that our family's super close to, seeing her deploy this month to a uh, a very difficult area of the world. Just fills my heart sometimes with uh, with anxious thoughts and. Um, just difficulty, and I, I just would pray for protection for those that we send. Mm-hmm. Um, we we uh, have been sobered by seeing seeing a, some of our folks suffer, even even uh, a martyr. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not. You know, it, it, sometimes it feels like Disney World. Um, right. You know, you're all excited to see folks go, but then you realize the darkness that you're sending them to. Right. And the realities of some of the. Uh, political environments and um even evil environments that they're going into and and to be real vulnerable um from time to time i've even fought anxiety attacks uh, where scenes of some that we've sent out um just being hurt or or uh, worse uh come to my mind and um god has rescued me from that anxiety but um but man, just it, it takes a toll year after year of growing close to our disciples and then sending mm. them to some dark places. Right. Just really desire to, to see them thrive and see the gospel change everything around them. Right. I appreciate your vulnerability, and um, I think it's important that we understand that. Uh, yeah. I think um, on the second note, uh, just how to participate with us. Uh, one, I would just ask, is your church, as a listener, is your church a place that uh, we look for churches that have a lot of mobilizable population, um, have a leadership that desires to send to the nations, and a real desire for help in that in that area? Um, and is your church a place that Launch Global should embed and and help train folks to go to the nations? That's that's a long conversation, but would encourage you to reach out to Kenny. He can connect you with uh, my wife and I, and would love to have that conversation with you to assess that. Um, and we do live on 
financial support. And, uh, you know, if you want to be a part of equipping young adults to move to the nations, we'd love to have that conversation with you as well. Uh, but more than anything, I would just go back to number one. If, if you would just pray for us and pray for protection for um, the young people that we send uh, to put a bigger footprint on it. This year, there'll be about 220 folks mm. in training mm-hmm. uh, throughout the, the, the U.S. And, um, and then soon we'll be starting to train folks uh, in East Asia and in Thailand in a very similar way uh, to send, send teams from those nations to unreached people groups. And uh, we just love for you to continue to pray that, that God would uh, continue to uh, show us and produce goers, produce in the hearts of, of young people uh, a deep desire to go long-term to the nations. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time um, to explain what you're working and the passion that you have. Uh, it, it really is uh, inspiring to me, and I I'm, and I'm, uh, trust, and, and I know it will be inspirational for those that are listening as well. appreciate who you are and the time that you've you know, spent talking to me about this. Yeah, thanks so much, Kenny. I, I know a lot of your listeners have a deep heart for the orphan and the widow, and uh, I just want to share one thought that uh, men from multiple continents have shared with me, that as we love the orphan in the presence of, of the Hindu, as we love the orphan in the presence of a Muslim, hmm. as we love the orphan in the presence of a Buddhist, um, they understand Jesus, they understand the gospel. Wow. And I've just seen that come so true. And uh, for those of you families that are listening just for hope and um, just for encouragement, uh, just know that the story that God is uh, telling through just those hard nights, those, those times when you cry yourself to sleep because of the challenges of the orphan that's uh, come into your home and become a part of your family, uh, just know that that story is so much bigger than just that one one life. That's, that's plenty big to motivate us, hmm. uh, but yet you are telling a story that makes the gospel palpable. It makes it just touchable uh, for the people that are around you. And uh, you're a representation of a very Christ-like act that makes the gospel real for those that watch. Thank you. I appreciate that word very much, and um, and I, I agree with you. So again, thank you so much um, for taking the time to share, and, and I hope we get to see you soon in person. You know, again, yeah. You're like I've said before, next time you're in the Austin area and you have a little bit of extra time, let me know, okay? Yeah, I would love to connect, Kenny. Thanks yeah. so much for the time. Well, once again, Chris uh, did like he did many times when we would meet for lunch years back uh, or when we've talked. He encouraged me in diff- many different ways, but especially there right at the end. And I appreciate that so much, Chris. Um, if you're listening to this and you feel compelled in some way or another to respond to Chris or want to get in touch with him, then I'm going to ask you to simply send me uh, an email and I'm going to have uh, how you can contact me in the show notes or just a contact form in the show notes where you can reach out to me easily. So if you're not on my website, just simply put in kennethacamp.com slash episode 14 and that'll take you directly to this uh, page where the show notes are and also the a player for this podcast episode as well um, but there's really three calls of action depending on who you are and where you're coming from first of all if you're an individual or a family that's considering going on the mission field and you just don't know where to begin or you're really looking for a sending organiza- organization that will equip you um, prepare you 
and help you um, be ready to have that uh, long-term impact as Mission Global speaks of and uh, or Launch Global speaks of and as Chris speaks of in this interview, then uh, I would highly encourage you to reach out to me to get the contact information or you could just go straight to Launch Global's website uh, and get that as well. And that link is on my in my show notes also. Or if you are someone who is a pastor or leader in your church and you want to have someone that, as Chris called it, embedded in your church, that works alongside your staff to help uh, prepare and raise up and prepare those that will go on to the foreign mission field and do it very well, then also uh, either contact me or go to their website to do that. And then if um, you feel compelled to support uh, Chris and his family, um, then definitely reach out to me and I will get that information to you. Uh, they need financial support and prayer, for, prayer support as all those who are serving uh, in the mission field do. And so I encourage you to not delay on that if you felt that uh, uh, urge to be a part of what they're doing on a personal level. Really what it boils down to is that... Um, you know, we are uh, all called to be a part of this mission to um, spread the good news of Jesus Christ around the world. The question is, is where do you fit in? Are you one that sends? Uh, are you one that gives so that others can send well and prepare well or support those that are on the field? Or are you meant to go? Uh, just really, where do you fit in is the question. And so hopefully uh, this interview with Chris today helps you maybe get a better feel for uh, what your role is uh, on, as far as spreading the gospel around the world. Thank you again for joining me here at His Hands, His Feet.